Welcome, Fivers, to another episode of High Five, the podcast, the movie podcast for people who like other stuff, too. It's time once again to join your hosts Q and J in the writer's room for a pop culture discussion you'll definitely agree with. High Five, the podcast, is not responsible for your agreement or disagreement with our discussions, but if you don't agree with us, you're wrong. And now, on with the show. The end of the year as we know it. It's the end of the year. You know, Harvey Weinstein. You know what's hilarious is, so I started the recorder, and I was thinking to myself, I bet if I leave two seconds of dead air, Jay will probably do something stupid. And you were right. And I was right. You're pretty much always right. I know. It's amazing. I it's know. a really heavy burden to to hold. To bear. But, no, yeah. I hold it. Oh, you're not a bear? Yeah, I'm not a bear. You look like a bear. I just hold it in my arms like a gentle, heavy, heavy baby. You stroke it. <laughs> I did. And I you pet love it. it. I did. And you pet and I named it George. And <laughs> ah. So uh, we're in the writer's room. Yes. Once again, for the last time in 2017. I'm glad you said the in 2017 part, because people would have been like, man, they're giving up the mantle. Someone else is going to have to be the best podcast on the internet now. I know. And I don't know who that's going to be, because right now, High Five the Podcast, us, Q, and Jay are holding that mantle. It's the best. We're number one. We're not getting down. So, best of 2017 lists, here we go. High Five the Podcast. High Five the Podcast. High Five. No, that's it. Just High Five the Podcast. Should we High Five? High five! High five! High five! High five, son! Woo! High five! Don't let me hang it. That was me saying yes to our, our, am I ready to record? You, what's weird is, and what people don't know is, during the entire intro that just played, you were just going, yeah. I know. For most people, it just sounded like I'm a big fan of the letter S. Uh-huh. You have it's a surprising lung capacity. I know. I do. It was very, it's I like was a, impressed. It's like two or three whole minutes. Yeah. It's yeah. like it's like a camel, but instead of storing water, you're storing air. Exactly. That's why there's a huge uh, pouch in my gut. <laughs> yeah, it's just that's of... the exact reason. It's not because I eat too much Taco Bell. That's it. It's because I'm storing air <laughs> for the long, arduous desert journey. That's it. That's all you need. All you need is air. All you need is air. <laughs> bum, bum, ba, da, da, so <laughs> we are in the writer's room to talk about the best or. Excuse me. I mean, I was Correction. Say, I'm going to stop you there, Q. <laughs> Our favorite movies of 2017. Okay, so to explain, every year at the end of this at the at the end of the year, you see all these lists coming out as the top 10 best this, top 10 best that. This top cr- 10 best yeah. flannel flip-flops. Exactly. I've got one of those um a, a list of them. I don't yeah, own any flannel sure. flip-flops. I just rank them and critique them. <laughs> right. Um but you know, the, be- the this critic has his top 10 list. Sure. We're not doing the best because in all honesty, we haven't seen all the movies that came out this year. And I'll tell you why? Because we're too busy putting out a fucking episode every week for you. You're listening to this on Friday, right? That's when movies come out, right? We're recording right now when you're listening to this. We don't have time to go see all of the movies that get released in a year. Now, you might be thinking, hey, that's incredibly ironic considering you guys are a movie podcast. And to you, I would say, that's right. Moving on. So what we're doing is we're doing our favorites of 2017. So That's these right. are movies that we've seen. So like for me, Q, I'll just I'll I'll spill the beans. Sure, throw something. I out haven't there. seen Call Me by Your Name. 
Gotcha. And that's getting a lot of praise. Got it. I haven't seen The Post. Sure. It's getting a lot of praise. I haven't seen uh, The Florida Project. Sure. Those won't be on my list, everybody. Got it. Please don't get mad and say, oh, well, the ones you liked weren't as good as these. You're can, probably right. Can I list things that I haven't seen? Please do. Let's see. My Little Pony Season 7. Yep. A ghost story is that oh, what it's called? See, I haven't seen that either. I almost watched that today, though. Uh, Manchester by the Sea. That was that was it, last year. year? Oh. Was I don't even year. know what year it is. You guys. do need to see that though. It's uh, very good. Uh, yeah, Wind I River. I've heard. I hear that. Yeah, good. I haven't seen that, but I heard that that was good so. too. Uh, War for the Planet of the Apes. I haven't oh, seen that. See, I have seen Not that. On my list. It's very good. Uh, Not gonna ruin if it's on my foreshadowing. list. Foreshadowing, but it's really good. Um, so yeah, so we decided to do something different this year because I know you really, really wanted to make sure we had some sort of recap year episode. Uh, I think last year we talked about, uh, I think, I think we started this year off with a fuck you to 2016. We did, did, uh, which was in my opinion, still warranted, honestly. And, and still we could probably give a fuck you to 2016 as well. Fuck you 2017 too. Right. Uh, Part. (laughs) Part do the suckening <laughs> the ooh I like that <laughs> somebody needs to write a script about that immediately 2017 the suckening the suckening um not a great year no. a pretty decent year for movies though you know what when it comes to entertainment quality like the things we watched on television you know Mr Robot's new season is incredible good stuff um Mr Mercedes was off the charts Stranger good. Things season two Stranger Things season two I I even hear that Dark show is very good I watched about half of that so far and it is very good okay great great I enjoy great, it very much good 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 Good. Good. Check it out. What else? I mean, we, there are a lot of movies that came out this year that kind of pushed the boundaries. A lot of big tentpole sure. announcements. <laughs> I feel like you're referencing the Star Wars movie. No, no. When you I say tentpole movie that pushed the boundaries. No, there were a couple of those. Like, we had Marvel franchises doing big things this year. We did. DC pushed the boundaries of how bad a movie can be and a still s- make $500 million. A certain space movie that can divide even the bestest of friends. It's true. And I don't want to get back into that because, you know, our therapist says we shouldn't. Right. So, Unless we're not clothed. Then it's okay to take out our aggression on each other. Oh, I thought, I'm glad you said aggression. Right. Um, yes. Because it could have gone a way different way than that. Sure, totally. <laughs> but for me, yeah. I mean, hate fucking. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Of just, course. just for clarification purposes, in case anybody was wondering what we could possibly mean. <laughs> so when you were putting together your favorites, uh-huh. you had to have some sort of criteria. So totally. let's give the people who care about what our criteria of rankages sure. is. What, what yours was? Sure. There's a couple factors that I included here. Okay. Okay. One is uh, I watched the movie. Okay, good. Good one. So I like that one. I didn't include any movies on my list that I have not seen. I like that because a lot of people do that and then lie about it. They're like, yeah, no, I totally saw Columbus. And it's the, like, you heard about that yesterday. Right. Or uh, my favorite thing is to like randomly, and I'll do this at work because I work with a bunch of nerds. I don't know about you. <laughs> no. But one of my favorite things to do is, uh, have you ever seen that Jimmy Kimmel skit? I think that was it, where they went to like Bonnaroo or something. And oh. they're just making up band names that yes. don't exist. And I'm like, I have you it. seen this? It's fucking fantastic. <laughs> I've done that a couple times and totally gotten away with it at work. Have I mean, you like, seen the Sergeant's Liaison? Yeah. It's from France. Shit is fucking mind-blowing. <laughs> Subtitles, but I'm into that. So totally. I don't know if you've seen it or not. Um, so number one, I've seen them. I love it. Every single one on my list. Number two, these are the movies that evoked the most emotion out of me. Okay. So whether that be I laughed, I cried, I got mad. 
I got sad. You reacted and so I reacted you. somehow. Cool. I like that. Um, and then they, the, I took those lists and I just kind of whittled it down to whatever I enjoyed the most. I got so you. basically at the end of at at the end of the day, the top of my list is the movie that I had the best experience viewing. Okay, I like that. I'm very similar. So number one to match yours, I had to have seen the movie. Sure. First off, criteria. Second, Re- hashtag reasons. Yeah, uh, reasons. Um, second, I did factor in like a technical achievement level. Sure. You know, so there are some. There were some movies that I didn't necessarily enjoy as much, but I could appreciate the fuck out of what they accomplished. Sure. And so those are on there. And then the third factor was. Like rewatchability. Like, do I want to watch this movie again? Am totally. I am I enthused enough with it that I would go back to that universe? And then the fourth kind of tenet, which is related to that, is how much I enjoyed it. Just flat out first viewing, zero context, without seeing what other people think about it online or wherever, or even talking with you about it. Sure. How much I liked it. And so uh, an amalgamation of all those things kind of spurted out this top five list that we're about to go through. Sure. I'm into it. So let's not let's not keep our non-audience waiting. I mean, it's true because 2017 the end of it is rearing up on us. We don't have a it's lot of time. It's coming up fast. So the longer I stall, the more possibility that you're going to be hearing this not in 2017. Uh, it's 2018. Tw- ah! Fuck. You waited too long. It's 2018. Welcome to season 3 of High Five the podcast everybody. <laughs> First episode of the year is the best movie or our favorite movies of 2017. <laughs> so do you want me to dive in? I do. Okay. Jay, kick it off. So my number five is actually a movie I watched this week. Mm. It's been on my list to watch for a while mm. and love the director. Uh-huh. I like most of the people involved, Oh, but this movie kind of floored me from beginning to end okay. and it was very entrancing. Interesting. Um, and it's Mother. Ah, you watched it. I watched it. I still haven't seen it. Holy shit, dude. It's good. It's crazy good. Okay. Okay, and one of the things I what will... Did, s- what did A think about it? She really loved it. Really? Yeah, it, I mean, it's it's one of those movies that's like, oh, I don't enjoy what I'm seeing. Sure. But like at the end of it, you're just kind of like, so many things. Okay. Because one of the things about this movie, and a reason it's sort of lower on my list, uh-huh. to be honest. Sure even though it's top five, whatever, everybody gets it, is I love movies that have a lot of layers. Got you know, it. And so I love appreciating them on, like, just for the cinematic quality or just for the acting or just for the, you know, allegory that the story is making or whatever it may be. Sure. This movie had all of that in spades. It's Darren Aronofsky possibly at his best. Um, you know, it's a whole... Well, the way that I read it, at least, I've seen a lot of readings, but the way that I read it is it's a biblical allegory. Sure. It basically shows the creation, gestation, growth, and destruction of humanity through the eyes of God and the world within this house. And he kind of frames it in a house invasion thriller. Interesting. And... The reason that it's kind of lower than some of the others is, yes, the enjoyment factor. It's it's hard. It's a hard watch. I'm not going to lie to you. Okay. Um, Gory? Not really, but the the gore that is insinuated could have people running for the door. Really? It's, yeah, it's 
kind of crazy. You know my enjoyment of gore. Would, you would I be able to get through it? You would it? be fine with it, but there okay. would be a scene or two that would probably really rub you the wrong it would way. push me? The rest of the movie is all just tense, thriller, confusion, and it's just all over the place. Okay. But that's one of the things I liked about it because when you watch it through the lens of the allegory, uh-huh. it totally makes sense. Gotcha. If you just watch it for the story, you're like, what the fuck is happening? But when you like look at it through the allegory lens, it makes a lot more sense. The reason it's number five is because it's almost too heavy on the allegory. Ooh, so it's heavy-handed. Yes, a little. It's tipped more on the allegorical scale than okay. it is on the. I could just watch this for a straight story. Gotcha. If that makes sense. Sure. Not saying I'm not taking anything away from the film, but I, I, you know, the movies that are higher on my list sort of balance that a little bit better. Um, it's almost like it's so weird, man. Did you see Noah? I did. Okay. How, what did you think of Noah? Um, I enjoyed it. It was almost really good. Right? It was almost really okay. good. I feel like Mother is Darren Aronofsky going, okay, I tried to do this biblical allegory story and I said it in the past and I tried to include all these layers and, you know, hints at modern society and it didn't really work. Sure. I feel like this movie is him calling a mulligan and getting a hole in one. Oh, okay. So this was his redemption. In my eyes. He was kind of like, I got it. Let's try this again. Right. This is, okay. Um, I mean, you've seen Requiem, right? Yeah. Okay. Of course. So Requiem's not gory, but it's incredibly no. hard to get through. Yes. This is similar. Oh, okay. So it's, got it. There is a scene that has gore in it, uh-huh. but most of it is not that. It is more on the side of Requiem. Gotcha. And Which you know, is one on my list of like, Movies that you love, you but you should hate watch, watch once. Yeah, and I probably will never want to watch again. I'll put Mother in that list, although I'll probably watch it again in like two years. Sure, just to kind of like just revisit. To, yeah, because I mean, let's. I'll be honest. Um, Xavier Bardem, right? Who I love. Sure. And Jennifer Lawrence, who I'm fine with. Sure. Jennifer Lawrence, fucking kills it. In really this kills it in this movie. All right. And Ed Harris and Michelle Pfeiffer are incredible. Okay. Incredible. Into it. So that's that's what I'll number five for me, mother, lowercase M, exclamation point at the end. I support it. I'm into it. Off to a good start. I'm Thank feeling you. good. Thank you. I haven't seen it yet, so I can't agree with you. Right. But I am intrigued enough by your summary that I will go watch it as soon as humanly. I, I appreciate it. Yeah, it's on our stream at all, so you can totally check it out. I check it out. Boop, boop, boop. Okay. So what's up next? So my number four uh-huh. is actually what I teased about earlier, this one isn't as masterfully crafted as a film, okay. but oh my God, I just love this sure. movie. And it's It. Ah. Stephen King's It. Totally. Muschietti. I, okay, there's a couple layers of reasons I like this movie. One, it's a really good movie. Of course. Two, the acting and the chemistry between the kids is is brilliant. Sure. It's kind of, it's sort of mesmerizing. Even if the movie didn't have a lot of scary elements, I sure. would have enjoyed watching those kids together. Oh, absolutely. And the third is that I am finally happy that we're past this realm of no one can make a good, scary Stephen King movie. Sure. I'm sick of that. Yeah. Because as you know, I love Stephen King. Yes. And I, I love the Dark Tower series. I've read every one of his books. You know, you go back to older movies like The Shining. 
you know, that are that he hates, but that are, you know, some of the best horror movies ever. Um, you've got Dolores Claiborne and Misery, and there's just so many good ones. And I am not overshadowing what Frank Darabont has done, um, because The Mist is very, 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 very good. Sure. But outside of that, I mean, you have your Shawshanks, you have your Green Miles, but those aren't really horror. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. This, to me, gave me faith that in the right director's hands, a Stephen King horror movie can be great. And we can get that. into a world where those exist. And we kind of saw that followed up because right after it came out, Gerald's Game, yeah. which we all loved right. and thought it was great. Totally. And there's another director in the right hands. Sure. 1922 which was I haven't getting seen yet. very good acclaim. Sure. And I want to see it very bad. And then, you know, on the flip side of that, we can see what happens when you <laughs> corporatize it with Dark the Tower. The Dark Tower, which we saw together and, and did was, a review episode awful. of. Spoiler alert, we didn't enjoy it. But go check out our episode anyway. Oh, yeah. W- listen to our episode. Don't watch the movie. Yeah, it was a take three review of yeah, The Dark Tower. Months or, m- a couple months ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that, for me, is why it is... Not only did I love it, I thought Bill Skarsgård was amazing. I thought the kids were great. Of course, all that, all that, all that. Sure. Everything we've said before and we said in our review of the movie. But it kind of breathed, to use a Star Wars term, a new hope into me that's like, sure. oh, shit, we can have good Stephen King movies again. Right. And I'm so happy about that because now we see that Pet Cemetery might be getting a redo. Yep, I heard about that. Um, Muschietti, there's a, a bunch of others that he wants to yeah, do. Now, I know he is doing, uh, and not quite a Stephen King, but he is doing a Lock and Key adaptation <laughs> right, for Hulu. Which is Joe Hill. Right, which is Stephen King's son, is, for those who are not aware. Very exciting. Uh, which is super exciting. So I am glad that that door is open now because, you know, Stephen King has been a pulp author. People either like him or don't like him or they're, he's not their cup of tea, whatever. Right. But it seems like we go through golden periods of time where there's like a lot of great Stephen King sure. movies. Some may say the golden years. Yeah, you might. I would. I did. Would you? But I would. Um, but it feels like we're getting into that again. Right. As people who grew up on his stories, sure. appreciate it, and now have the skills of adulthood to turn that into a visual feast for my eyeballs. Which I'm into. So that's why it's number four for me. I'm digging it, man. Off to a strong start. Thank one I've you. seen and enjoyed very much, thank and you, one you, I haven't you. seen but am now intrigued to see. Uh, you, you really need to. And I will say that when you watch it, and I would give this advice to everyone who's sure. listening too, watch it – trying to see and follow the allegory. Okay. Because that will stop you from saying, what the fuck is going on? Sure. Enough. Okay. I'm into it. So I'll definitely check it out. So off to a strong start. Where Okay, so I, I'm I'm tired of talking about the ones I sure. like. Sure. Which ones do you like? All right, I'm going to follow it up, and I'll give you a cue list. Oh. Now, here's, here's the problem. I'm going to be honest. My number five I struggled with super duper 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 hard. Because I redid my list about five times. There today. were so many movies that I wanted to include. Right on that there line. are some that are definitely like my favorites that mm-hmm. I enjoyed the most, but there were some that I was like, oh, fuck, what do I do? Yep. So I'm going to tell you my number five, but then I'm going to tell you the runner up because I think it is worth mentioning that it was so fucking close that I want to almost include it on my list. I get that. There are a bunch that I kind of want to do that with, too. So my number five is it. Oh, hey! I fucking loved it for all of the reasons that you've said. Clappy, clappy, clappy. But if I could also add, um, it didn't rely on your normal kind of 
only jump scare horror yes. that's been thank kind God of everywhere recently. Not only do we get a Stephen King reemergence of quality, we're breaking the mold of kind of the shitty horror movies that have sure. run us rampant we're, the last decade. And I feel like the reason that this these quote unquote you know good Stephen King movies are happening again is because I feel like some of these directors not only you know do they have a good visual eye and feel for the material. But I feel like they're willing to let go of some of those mm-hmm. jump scare tropes that people are relying right. on. And they're willing to just trust the material. Right. You know what I mean? They're willing I agree. To, to trust that, well, you know, I don't need to just constantly barrage you with a cat jumping out of a cabinet right. or musical cues. Um, or something that doesn't make sense. Like, there were a couple jump scares in It, but it was like the radio crackling. Sure. Which totally happens. Totally. And I've been scared by that. And... You know, and I'll say for all the people who are like, well, man, it had its problems. Sure. It, it had did. Its, I would say it maybe had a little too much CGI in it. Yeah. Probably definitely I, had a little too much CGI. I would agree in with it. that. But um, come on. Yeah. It was so good. I totally, totally agree. Um, I would also say that Mike Hanlon's character got cut quite a bit. Yeah. Probably more than it should have. He kind of he kind of got the, the brain shaft. Yeah. Which I'm not really. A hundred percent sure, yeah. or nor do I feel that it was really necessary. Mm. Um, I feel like they made some weird adjustments to the script that they probably could have done without. Yeah. Um, but outside of that, I thought all in all, it was a really fun movie. Yeah. We saw it together. Yes. Then I saw it at, I think I've seen it a total of three times because I went with different friends. Oh, groups. that's right. Because you saw it again. We've seen it twice because we watched it at home. Right. Once it got released. Sure. But I saw it three times in the theater just because it was so much fun experiencing yeah. it with groups of friends. And that's one of the things that you know I'm all about. Exactly. I know you're all about is if I can find a movie that I can experience communally with my friend group, then that is something that I really enjoy. Right. You know what I mean? And for each time that I went, we got different reactions. Some people nice. were scared shitless. Some people were scared of clowns that went. Some people... um Enjoyed kind of like the coming of age aspect of it. Didn't think it was that scary, but really enjoyed the movie, like how well the story was told. Um, And I thought the kid actors crushed it. You know what I mean? Once again, I got to throw that out there that like and um, uh, Finn Wolfhard. Yeah, from Stranger Things. Let's throw him in. Let's let's talk about him for just a hot second. This has been a really good year for him. It's been a great year for him. He he came out strong last year with Stranger Things, and kind of people took notice. And right. like, oh, this, this kid's really cool. And he plays guitar on Instagram. <laughs> then he shows up in It and crushes it. Yeah. And then... And now he's replacing Carl on The Walking Dead. No, he's not doing that. I was about to say, I was like, did that happen? <laughs> they did kill Carl on The Walking I Dead. I did know that. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Who the fuck cares about The Walking Dead? No one. It's a trash show now. It is a I used to show. love it, and it makes me so sad that I hate it now. It's a garbage show. It's garbage. Um, but he's a really strong yeah. player. He's gotten cast in something that's coming up that I forget exactly any details of, but it's supposed to be pretty good. Nice. <laughs> Thank you. So he's cast Thank in you, a gener- generic, you possibly Thank you. good movie Thanks, that's everybody. coming out soon. Love it. Um, and... I'm really, really, really excited to see part two right. of the story. It gave me enough where I am almost achingly looking forward to any sort of casting or production news of the second. Sure, and you know, they've thrown out little tidbits here and there. Jessica Chastain has reached out and said mm-hmm. that she is very interested in playing the Beverly Marsh and character. And everyone knows she can get in touch with Muschietti because they worked on Mama together. Exactly. 
Um, I don't know if you saw this recently, but um, she was doing an interview with uh, Idris Elba f- regarding oh, the, the, mountain, Mo- the, the Molly's game. Oh, Molly's game. That's right. Um, and Idris Elba said that he would be interested in playing the Mike Handling character. What? Yeah. I could get on board for that. So they both were kind of joking. The interviewer was like, how would you, you know, if you, would you want to be in something like that? Cause of course they were asking Jessica Chastain, right. like, Hey, we've heard rumors. And she said, and then Idris was like, yeah, I could totally get on board for, for playing that character. And I was like, I uh, want to see that. <laughs> he would have to pull a hard American accent, which he can do. He, totally. So I've said, Hey, straight in the office. I was about to say on the wire as well. Yeah, that's true. Um, but I'm totally down for that. Idris Elba is one of my favorites. <laughs> also, re- I'd be fine with seeing him get a second cha- chance at the King verse. I agree. You know what I mean? I kind of think given that the character summary that we've got, like he's going to be this strung out guy kind of going crazy in the town. I really think they're getting that guy from the walking dead. You know who else I would, I would throw out there. Who's that? Who is too young. I'm going to go ahead and just say it up front, but who I'd like to see is, um, and I can't remember his name from Atlanta, but he's in Atlanta. He's in Get Out. Oh, oh, he's the uh, the super stoner kid in Atlanta. Yes. Yeah. I would love to see him because I think he's weird enough and like kind of. He's gaunt enough. Yes, that he could sure. totally, and maybe they could figure out a way to like age him up a little bit. Hey, I don't know. They've it's Hollywood. They do it on a lot of people. It's Hollywood. So it is my number five. Now Love here's it. real quick. We'll spend a, just a hot second talking about the one that almost made it, and I'm sad to not include on my list is Wonder Woman. See, that one was kind of one of my honorable mentions as well. But the reason it's not on my list, or the reason I wanted it so badly to be on my list, is because I loved what. Uh, DC allowed Patty Jenkins to mm-hmm. do in making a non overly sexualized, strong female heroine backing it, not putting the, her fellow Amazonians in like bikinis and right. bathing suits. They resisted the urge. They made them full on badass warriors. They really treated the character with respect and I'll throw it out there. Women do not get the directing push that male directors get. No, no, they don't. And so it's really important to support our female filmmakers when they do something that needs to be recognized. I, I'll, I'll double down on everything you just said. I think that all for all those reasons is one of the ones that I definitely wanted us to talk about today. Sure. Regardless of it, if it's on either of our lists. And that's why I wanted, I had to put it yeah. at, at least a mention. Also, I took both of my daughters to see it. And they loved it. And they loved it. And they wanted to, they came out of the movie wanting to kick ass and, and be just, her and be her. Yeah. And I, fucking loved that yeah you know what i mean i was super into it so i awesome. want to give credit where credit's due it was v- by the skin of its teeth it didn't make my number five hey it, it happens my six seven eight and nine are all kind of skin of the teeth ones yeah it me. was it was a tough decision so that's my number five is it love uh, it. and my number four let me pull this up here my number four is lego batman lego batman <laughs> that was so good i'm so glad you like Barrage tweeted me into seeing yes. that movie. Lego Batman is fucking awesome. Yeah. And as like a diehard Batman fan, there was some there was some early buzz that I spoke out about when it came out. Um, in the fact that a lot of people, or not a lot of people, 
a few people had said that it may be the best Batman movie. <laughs> and now that I've had time to like sit on it and reflect, I think it may be the best Batman movie. It's pretty damn good. The reason is, is because it somehow pokes fun at and also fully respects and owns the <laughs> Batman character. It really does. And every iteration of the Batman character. I love the scene when he's talking to uh, Arthur and he's like, you had that time in 1984 and in 1987 and 1992 and 2006. is like going through the snapshots exactly. of all the different iterations of Batman. And that's, that's the kind of stuff. And I mean, they... They paid homage to the crazy pantheon of Batman villains just in, like, little cameos. Mm -hmm. They really hid a ton of legitimate Batman iconography, like, throughout this movie. Well, you can tell the people that worked on that movie love Batman. Totally. And I'm going to throw it out there that aside from, and I can't think of his name right now, and it fucking crushes me the guy who voices batman on the animated kevin series conroy. kevin conroy besides him i think will arnett may be <laughs> my quintessential batman voice like i am into it he, i'm i'm not gonna disagree i thought it was great somehow he does it's almost like a joking version of the christian bale voice but it works but that that decibel for will arnett just everything sounds good in that totally everything. so to hear him be yeah. like, my parents are dead. Yeah. <laughs> Everything is really gruff and black screen. Oh, here's the production companies. Ooh, Lobster Thermidor, yeah. my favorite. <laughs> I actually had to look up what Lobster Thermidor was so I could understand the multiple references to it in that film. He just it sounds it. delicious, it and does. I want some. And he loves it, yeah. for sure. Um, but that is awesome. Um, you've got, like... Uh, I thought Galifianakis as the Joker was really good. I did too. I really enjoyed and it. And I loved the uh the pull of the Joker feeling hurt because Batman wouldn't say that he's his greatest nemesis. Right. And that's but what's funny is is and we've talked at length about the Joker. We have an episode for people to go listen to about that. This episode's all about plugging our previous episodes. Yeah. Um The best but, of high five the podcast. Exactly. Uh but We've even talked about the Joker and kind of the dichotomy between the two characters, Batman and the Joker. And that totally plays into the psychology of that character. And that's kind of what blew me away is in a very uh, satirical and fun making way, they managed to like actually say something about the characters. And it I don't I don't even know how to like wrap my head around it fully (laughs) i've watched it two or three times i saw it in the theater i loved it i thought it was hilarious i am in love with that the lego movie style right although you didn't care too much for the ninjago one i didn't care for that movie i loved the way it looked right because it's still in line like they've created a very interesting world that these movies exist in well i had about a 20 minute discussion with a after we saw the first lego movie uh-huh. and she's like yeah that was i loved how they did it with stop motion i was like no they did it's- it on computers and made it look like stop motion she's like no 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 that looked too real and too much like lego pieces to be stop motion and we went back and forth and back and forth and finally we just had to look it up and it's like yeah. no it was all done on computers and it's beautiful it is gorgeous and that's one thing that i don't think it gets enough respect for the lego movie the batman lego movie lego ninjago even they are gorgeous movies. Yeah. The amount of work that goes in to seeing sh- shitty CG in the Justice League 
if they can do this and make Legos look this fucking real, why the fuck can't you make Steppenwolf look better than he did? And they're both in the DC universe. What is happening here? Where is this budget going? Uh, um, so it's that kind of stuff. And, you know, it had me laughing right off the bat. It's definitely a full on comedy. Oh, yeah. They're not shooting for any sort of like drama no. or anything. They know what they are and they own it. And I'm fine with it. Um, so it securely earned its place at my number four just based on enjo- pure enjoyment and Batman giddiness. Alone. I, I love it. I can tell you it's not in my top five, but I struggled with it. Sure. Struggled with it. So that's my five and four. Man, I love it. We've heard your five and four. I need to get some more water real quick. Let's do it. And so we'll take a quick break. I'm going to get revved up for my three, two, and one. Sure. And uh, we're going to go to town. I think there may be some some surprises in my three, two, and one for you. We're going to come back and kick some 2017 ass. Get it. Want it. Get it. Look. Everywhere it happens, it's all connected by the sewers. <gasps> what happened? What is that? If we stick together, all of us will win. Make it a wonderful day. Kill them all! Kill them all! It rated R, September 8th. Joker. I'm rubbing my butt all over your stuff. What? I'm gonna have to rename this the Buttmobile. Come catch your greatest enemy. I don't have a greatest enemy. I like to fight around. Here you go, pudding. I'm inside your head. No, no you're, you're not. not. I knew you'd say that. No, no you, you didn't. didn't. God! Batman movie. Why don't you go sledgehammer anything you'd like? Rated PG. Starts February 10th. I'll tell you, it was tough to do, but we kicked fucking 2017's ass. We did. In and that right break. At, right at the buzzer, too. We just were fucking just kicking it, just punching it. Seeing that ass. Yeah, upper. Saying, boink. You uppercutted it. I don't want to uppercut. <laughs> you do. But you did. No! But you Don't did. tell everyone. Now that. you got the stink fist. No. Okay. <laughs> I can do a mole rats reference. Got, got a fine. case of the stink fist. I'm fine with a mole rats reference. Would you like some chocolate covered pretzels? Always. <laughs> Perfect. Always. How about mm. just finishing the rest mm. of this list instead? Mm. Oh, okay. Okay. We can do <laughs> great. <laughs> Those weren't chocolate covered pretzels, I know. by the way. Okay. They were poop. <laughs> that was poopy. Hee hee hee. Speaking of poopy, <laughs> so give us the, sh- the the shit on your list. <laughs> you list shit, Jay. So my top three, um, I I juggled with these a little bit, um, but I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty happy with the order. My number three is Dunkirk. Mm, haven't seen it, man. It's beautiful. Okay, that's one of the the reason that it's so high is this one almost trumps enjoyability with just its technical mastery and achievement. All right. Although it is also very, very entertaining and enjoyable. Okay. Which is why it's number three. Interesting. Um, This movie has almost no sound. Like the sound design, there's not a lot of score. Um, A lot of it is ticking clocks to increase tension. And then like gunshots and bomb sounds. And that's pretty much it. (laughs) Dialogue? I mean, a dialogue, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sorry, sorry. No, it's I was not like, a is silent. It like a silent film. It's not a silent movie. Although there's very little dialogue the first like whole 
first five minutes or so. Interesting. Um, but there's just something about this movie. It's I would call it a technical masterpiece. Wow, the, that's high praise. The way that Nolan sort of frames the movie, um, for people who haven't seen it, and I know you and I have talked about it a little bit, sure. Q, but the movie takes place over three storylines. Okay. So there's a storyline that's taking place of a guy on a beach in Dunkirk just trying to get off the beach. Right. There is a storyline of a civilian in a boat across the channel coming to the Dunkirk soldiers rescues. Okay. And then there's a story of a pilot played by Tom Hardy. Who's trying to protect the people on the gotcha. beach. Does the movie take place in real time? No, that's where I'm okay. about to get to. Okay. The first story takes place over like the span of a week. Okay. The second story takes place over the span of a day. And the third story takes place over the span of an hour, but the movie cuts back and forth. And to kind of let you see, it's like, oh, well, this guy's been doing all this stuff. And hey, that boat, oh my God, that's the boat from the second story. Gotcha. And they all end up tying together, like at the end, in kind of these perfectly harmonious ways. Interesting. And it gives you three different viewpoints of the exact same encounters sure. and activities and things that are happening. And you see it a little bit different and more full each time. Now, this had, for all those 1D or One Direction fans out there, yeah. this had Harry Styles in it. Who doesn't do terrible? Really? I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. You know, I'm not gonna say he's the best part of the movie because sure. he's not. Does he? Is he an actual like character? Yeah. Is he like a big? I wouldn't say big. He's okay. in it. Okay. There's not a lot of what I would say big characters. I mean, Tom Hardy's in it. But he's wearing like a, a an army pilot mask the whole time. So oh, you can barely gotcha. tell so it's him. Don't even know. You know, Kenneth Branagh is in it. Sure. And he's maybe in 15 percent of the movie because he's in in one of the other storylines. Okay. The main guy is a guy that I wasn't really familiar with. Cillian Murphy shows up. There's a couple other pop ins here and there. Um, and Joe Jonas is one of those. No, wait, not Joe Jonas. Harry, Harry Styles. Styles. Um, I would say he's in the movie enough to be a character for sure, and he does good. Interesting. It's fun. All right. Doesn't, I'm into it. You honestly don't even recognize him, to be a little honest. Sure. Because since it's all English soldiers in sure. the 40s or whenever it was, um, they all sort of look the same. That's totally racist. No, 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 no. It's done purposely. I know. Though. I'm just kidding. Because it's, it's this idea of all these expendable people and then which individuals matter, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Sure. So just for how much I love the movie, but for... Jesus Christ, how good of an achievement it is for film. Solid number three on my list. Nice. I support it, man. I'm into it. Yeah. Um, well, I'm curious to hear what tops these. I know, right? Especially considering the movies that I know you haven't seen and the movies that I know you have seen. I know. It's so gonna, I'm very curious. It's going to be interesting. I wonder I, I, I wonder if I'm giving you some trepidation on what my top two are going to be. I, you're definitely... Uh, I'm, I'm going to slowly sip water while you think about it. <laughs> Dramatic okay. pause. My number two mm -hmm. is Get Out. Huh. Solid. Because I fucking love that movie. Sure. Everything about it is great. Totally. It, it, the acting is top notch. Jordan Peele as a first time director coming from a comedy duo, which is that's what he's primarily known for. Absolutely. Knocked it out of the water. Sure. You know I love layers. You do and love that, layers. That movie can be enjoyed on a you know metaphorical level. Sure. It can be enjoyed on a social commentary level. Absolutely. It can be enjoyed as a flat out straight creepy story, Absolutely. which is why for me it's above mother. Sure. 
because those types of things exist in both films. Uh-huh. But I think Get Out balanced it better. Sure. And then I also loved the humor in Get Out. Um, you know, some of the other movies don't are humorless. Yes. They don't really want to touch that. It's one of the things I loved about it is that it does accept and acknowledge the humor of these characters. Sure. And I thought Get Out did that beautifully. Um, the story that it tells is a necessary one. The the twists that come, not to spoil anything, are earned. Um, the the dialogue and the way that the movie wraps up is I don't want to say inspiring, but it's it leaves you feeling pretty good about the movie that you just watched. Sure. And I was basically on the edge of my seat the entire time. Totally. Um, doesn't have a lot of gore, but what's there is good. Yeah. And and then there were just some shots like when he's falling into the not the upside down, um, the uh the the deep dark place. The dark place or the deep place or whatever it's yeah. called. That scene was just so beautiful. With him floating there. Oh, I agree. And so for for all those reasons and a whole lot more that we could dive into, it's my number two. That's amazing. I'm into it. Jordan Peele's a real one to watch. Man, and he's doing like the Twilight Zone, isn't he? He's producing it at least. Well, I know, too, you never really got into Key and Peele or you never watched it. I appreciated it. it. I just never watched it religiously. Because I will say I've seen every episode maybe a couple times. It's really funny well and like, i know that they do horror movie spoofs all do. over the place really well i really want to watch all sorts it. of just, genre spoofs to be honest it's just it's finding the time to catch up on five seasons or True. however many there were i will say to you i think it's worth it okay i think it's something so you that, start with season one or is there a best season to start with no i'd say start with season one and just watch it through you'll see how the show progresses right. you'll, you'll see how they're comfortability mm-hmm. with what they're willing to put out as a sketch kind of progresses. And then you'll kind of see the com the social commentary angle of it. Right. Start to improve. Like it's instead of nice. being just straight up yucks for yucks sake. Right. It becomes actually like, wow, that's actually poignant and pretty fucking funny. Right. Like I didn't think about that. Just like get out. Exa- exactly. Exactly. More on the scary side, v- much more on the scary side, but totally worth a watch. I'd say if you and a yeah. are ever sitting around and you're like, Let's start something and watch right. an episode a night or something. It's good shit. Okay. I'm down for it. Um, so that's solid, man. That's solid. So do you want my number one or do you want to wait? I'm fucking curious. I want it. Okay. I just want you to just give just, it to just me. Just give it to you right now? Yep. Just do it. Blade Runner 2049. Did you see it? I fucking saw it. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. What did you think? It's my number fucking one on the list. What do you think? It's I thought fucking it's amazing. Yeah. And from the first shot to the end, every segment, it, it people will complain that it's two hours long, uh, too long. I want to see the four hour cut, even though I know they just came out and said, we're never going to see it. Right. I want to see it. Dennis Villanueva is quickly becoming one of my favorite directors. Totally. On the face of this planet. Totally. Between enemy prisoners, arrival, um, arrival, uh, what else? Did he do? Sicario. Sicario. This. Uh, it's just mind blowing what he's able he's to. do He's one of those directors visuals. that's literally just knocking every yeah. fucking movie out of the park. I thought that just the the degradation of the city, but how realistic and lived in it felt. How dark. It was, but then you jump to these really light, water-filled rooms, and then you jump to Las Vegas, which is all orange, and then you jump back when Deckard comes back, and and 
I got tricked like three or four times with the twists that were coming because I was like, ah, I got your number, Blade Runner 2049. I've seen Blade Runner. Sure. I know where this is going. And I was wrong. Right. I went into the movie being like, I bet the big reveal is that, is that uh, spoiler alert, everybody. I bet the big reveal is that uh, Agent K is a replicant. First five minutes, they acknowledge that. Yep. And it's like, hey, I'm a replicant, everybody. Don't yeah, worry. Exactly. It's like, oh, well, that secret's gone. And then there's like midway through, you're like, oh, 6, 10, 21. Right. I know what this means. And then near the end, they're like, nah, fuck that. I didn't mean that either. I'm like, what is going on? Exactly. But Ryan, I mean, Ryan Gosling... Who I love. He also... He's a sexy hunk of beef. Sure. He kills it in this movie. Kills it. Kills it. I will agree with that. And I'll also say, and I know I've seen other people say this, I don't know her name. Anna something is mm-hmm. a star-making performance for that girl who was his hologram wife. Oh, Joy. man. I absolutely agree. For the first half hour, I was convinced it was that Alicia Vandekiner from Ex Machina. I yeah, was convinced no. it was her, but it's sure. not. It's some actress I'd never heard of. The fact that I'd never heard of her, and I'm putting her in the caliber with Anna the Anna de Armas. Anna de Armas. Mm-hmm. Anna, you were awesome in Blade Runner I 2049. I fully agree. I, okay, when the little box gets stepped on, I was like getting choked up. And it, it's it, and she's a hologram. And I was getting choked up. I know. She legitimately breathed life into a non-living yeah. thing. And I love that... You know, and I know you told me about it, and all the reviews talked about it, is that it's not a ripoff of Blade Runner, which no. I love, but it takes some of the things that Blade Runner does, like love between a human and a replicant, and pushes it even further. So now I have love between a replicant and a hologram, and but it also matters what happened in Blade Runner, but you're not reliant on that for the movie. I You said it best earlier, I think, is that it is a rare achievement, and unbelievably high praise when a sequel can make the original movie better and i it's fresh on my mind i'll be honest sure i may like it better than blade Ooh, interesting maybe okay come back and ask me in like two months sure but maybe if nothing else i think that it is now forever linked to Blade Runner sure. in my mind. Those two I things won't be able, exist as one. I won't be able to think of the Blade Runner story with Deckard and Rutger Hauer without continuing the story into what I know of 2049. Sure. I just won't be able to do it. Sure. I also thought it was genius to name the movie Blade Runner 2049 because they reference the year 2020 so often that without that on the end of it, I'd be like, well, what year is it now? How old would someone be? Right. Oh, they would be this old. Got it. And like, that was a clever way to do that. Totally. Just being like, Blade Runner 2. <laughs> Blade Runner. Blade the, Runner. The, the bladening. <laughs> Run harder. <laughs> <laughs> so that for me is, I think it's the my it's my favorite movie of the year. I love I it. I think it's beautiful. I think you can watch it for its aesthetic value alone. Sure. I think the acting is superb. Top notch. I even think that, you know, Harrison Ford played, really came back into the character of Deckard very well. Sometimes now he can just always be a crotchety old man. And sure. I think that he did this one well. I am, um, uh, Harrison Ford. Yeah. Oh, what is it? Uh, oh, man. There's so many great lines that he has. My, my, son, um, my son, Kylo Ren. I've got, a, I've got an earring. Did you see it? It's really small. I can fly airplanes. Not well, though. Married to Calista Flockhart. (laughs) But, man, for me, I just... The (laughs) script was perfect. 
I thought the dialogue and the acting was pretty perfect. The cinematography and the visual effects were perfect. I just it's 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 easily my favorite of the year. I love it, man. That's a so, solid top three. Yeah. Are you curious about my top I'm three? I'm very curious. Hey, do you want me to read back through my list, though? Sure, do okay. it. Okay. So number five is Mother. Yes. Number four is It. Yes. Number three is Dunkirk. Okay. Number two is Get Out. And number one is Blade Runner 2049. I'm into it. I so, am into so that's it. it. That's my whole... That's Jay's that, 2017 That's what I loved about 2017. And, uh, and yeah, we'll put out some letterbox lists of both of us, but I want to hear your top three to see if they can compete with mine. All right. Well, I will start you off with my number three. What? As as what? as is uh, tradition. Are you through, serious? Through every episode. Shocking. I don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> my number three is Logan. That's one of my honorable mentions. Mm-hmm. That was one of the ones that got cut by the hair of its chinny chin, Logan chin. Logan made it for me because it did a couple of interesting things. It's a good, nay, it is maybe one of the best superhero uh, movies, world films that I've ever seen. Yeah, um, on a on a cinematic quality scale, it's probably the best movie or film that a superhero story has done. Sure, I, I maybe with the exception of Winter Soldier. Yeah, oh, maybe. I agree. I, I would say if I had to list, like, top three, I'd go with um, The Dark Knight. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'd go with Logan, mm-hmm. and I'd go with Winter Soldier. I think they both took superhero movies and did something different with it and almost elevated yeah. it. You know what I mean? I agree. In each in their own way. And Logan stands by himself, though, for sure. And so, so here's the thing, and I know earlier in this episode you talked about, or in our conversation, you talked about Mulligans. You talked about Darren Aronofsky calling a mulligan and saying, I can do better. You think Mangold did that? I think Mangold did that. You know, I know Mangold did that. He he did the Wolverine. Which isn't awful. It wasn't terrible. Not great. It's much better than Wolverine Origins. Oh, my God. That which movie. is just that garbage. That movie is a bag of dead cat hair. our first look at Ryan Reynolds is Deadpool. <sighs> which was also garbage. <sighs> and also... Can we just say, as weird as, as weird as it is, the fact that they let him again reprise Deadpool in a completely different Huge way mulligan. is crazy. Yeah. Let's talk about mulligan. Best mulligan mulli- all over the that's place. That's probably the best mulligan that's ever happened. That's even that's mulligatawny soup is what that is. <laughs> that, that makes no sense. Carrie mulligan? Uh-huh, it's a, yeah. a carry mulligan. Uh-huh, for sure. Exactly. Um, so, so, absolutely, James Mangold... Started with the Wolverine, and you could kind of see the strands of DNA mm-hmm. that would become Logan in the Wolverine. Yeah. He was dealing with some more uh, heavy th- uh, thematic stuff. Yeah. Um, visually, the Wolverine is a really well yeah. done movie as well. I actually remember, I don't remember much about that movie, but I remember there's a scene with like him on a hill with like a bunch of flowers and I, and I just remember thinking that's a beautiful sure. scene for this movie. Exactly. And there's a there's a really cool action set piece on like a bullet train. Yeah. Um in in that movie which is really cool and really awesome. Yeah. Um 
and they started playing that that too was kind of the first movie where you got some glimpses of like right. blood in the X-Men yeah. universe you know what I mean like he was stabbing people and you were seeing blood soak through As their shirts would. and you're like oh shit but in the he X-Men movies, they had always kind of shied away from that. It was like this. It would just puncture through people, and you're like, well, I know they're dead, yeah. but... They'd just be like, eh, and they right. fall over. Exactly. Um, it's like, no, you're losing a limb if he and, hits you like that. And in this movie, and I will have to say, this this movie exists thanks to Deadpool to kind of bring it yeah. back around again. This gave the movie studios the confidence to go, all right, we can yeah. put out an R- hard R-rated movie superhero movie well and you can sort of see mangle's progression because like the wolverine there there's dna in there that's good sure and then he did 310 to yuma right yep and that one's as actually pretty good totally and like you can totally see that oh he's in his element when he's doing western things sure and then he sort of took what was good about the wolverine took what was good about 310 to yuma and then progressed even further and put it together in a cocktail that i love sure and um logan really kind of blew me away in the theater. Um, I went, I saw it. I teared up at the I end. saw it. So did I, which was crazy to me. It was crazy that I gave a shit. Yeah. Like, this movie played on my heartstrings. And, and man, can I say Patrick Stewart in this oh. movie oh. gave one of my favorite Patrick Stewart performances. Well, it's one of those where, you know, Patrick Stewart lately has become this pop culture thing of, oh, it's the facepalm meme, or it's, oh, isn't it cute that him Make it so! Yeah, or isn't it so cute that him and Ian McKellen are such good friends, blah, blah, blah. But you almost forget how fantastic of an actor he is, because he really doesn't do those types of roles as much anymore, which he gets to choose whatever he wants to. He's had a storied career, and I will will agree with whatever he chooses to do. And we've also seen him in the Professor X role Mm -hmm. plenty of times. Yeah. Not doing this level of acting. Man, the idea of Professor X with like dementia—that's that was crazy it's to me. Horrifying, but like so right there. Like, why did I never think of that? And then how dangerous he becomes because of it. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. he here's the most uh, psychically powerful human in the world, and his mind is so fucked that he actually has become basically like an unstable nuclear weapon. Right. You know what I mean? Well, and then the idea that just Logan, continuing on the legacy of the other films, loves this man so much and is still, you know, his desire is to protect the world and save this man, that that's the whole impetus for the story. Right. And it's it's just great. And the girl, I don't know her name. Oh, yes. Danica or Dakina or... I don't know if I'm close or not. I'm going to pull it up. She was great. Oh, man. Man, that scene where she walks out and just tosses the head. <laughs> That's oh, one of my she... favorite X-Men moments ever. Oh, absolutely. She killed it. Let's see if I can find her. She, she killed played, a lot. Uh, she played Laura. Uh, let's see. We vamp, vamp for me here in a minute. We can, we, can, we can cut all this out. But no. I'm not cutting it out. <laughs> I'm leaving it in. Well, and another thing that reality. I, the other thing that I loved about Logan was that they had the balls to release it in a black and white version. Which I Daphne Keen. Oh, okay, that's so her not name. Danica. Daphne. Daphne Keen. She was great. Yeah, she she's a great. Spanish actress. Yeah. So hence her scenes in there when she's just like, just rattling yeah. off rapid fire Spanish. <laughs> the, some of those scenes were my favorite too. Her interaction with Hugh Jackman was so it was great, real yeah. and realistic. Um, you know, here is this kind of 
brute of a man dealing with this very like unstable but also dangerous. very like uh, demanding mm-hmm. child like she demands his attention mm-hmm. you know what i mean and i don't mean in like a bratty child way but in a like hey like you may have gotten away with just doing whatever the fuck you want to do but you're gonna fucking help me you right. know what i mean kind of way yeah and he does ultimately yeah. ultimately spoiler alert giving the the most ultimate of sacrifices right. for her. But man, when she turns that cross over to an And X, it just gives the X over his oh, grave. That's like the that's like the scene, I don't want to say it's like it's reminiscent of the scene in Saving Private Ryan. It's like, tell me I was a good man. Yeah. Tell me I was a good man. She's like turning the X and I was like, oh the cross makes an X. Right. Oh and like palpitations yeah. in my heart. And it's so intense. And so just being able to see this movie and once again, to touch on, they, there's a grave because Wolverine dies. Oh, uh, yeah. Like, they kill one of the most popular X-Men characters in this movie. They they didn't shy away from it. There was no, like, last minute his claws popping out of the mm. grave. Like, he may not be dead. They fucking no. killed him. He saved a bunch of kids from an unjust fate, gave his life for it. And then they get to go live lives and he doesn't. And that was one of the most perfect endings mm-hmm. to a character arc that I've seen. Uh, uh, yeah, I can't. It, I couldn't it wrapped more. it up. It's a gorgeous movie. And I highly recommend, too, if you get the chance, watch the black and white yeah, version. Noir. Mm-hmm. Very good. Logan Noir. Very good. It just kind of it gives it even more of that pulpy feel yeah. that uh, that Mangold kind of takes on. So it it securely once three. again. If I if I could ruin my that is my number nine in my top oh, ten. Oh, okay. So it was on it was on your top it's ten. It's in my top ten. It's number nine. Nice. All right. So moving on up number two, to the east side two, or the west side, side or to the upside. Um I'm gonna go with my number two, which is get out. Yes! <laughs> yeah. Tuesday is get out. We did it. Um, so I'll sit back and let you talk because I've already talked a lot about Get yeah, Out. Yeah, it was so good though. Once right? again, this is another movie I went and saw. I think a t- total of three times yeah. in the theater. Because for those who haven't noticed, I see movies in theaters multiple times when I care about this movie. Right. And this is a movie that I literally that meme could not sum it up enough was take all of my money. Mm-hmm. Like I want to make sure that movies like this continue to get yeah. made. Well, you, and I, I'm going to say badgered, but it was welcome badgering. Every time we saw each other, after you saw, you're like, have you seen get out yet? Are you going to go see Get out yet? When can you go see get out? And we rented it the first day it was available to rent. And I've watched it twice more sure. since then. And I'll say it's because it's a very, I feel important yeah. movie. It is a movie f- on so many different levels. One, it speaks to black America like I feel like has never been addressed in a movie of this caliber, right. like of this level. You've had your Spike Lee joints. You've right. had movies that, that will reference and talk about black America. You've had Moonlight. Mm-hmm. Um, but this addressed something very culturally important. And subtle. Which is the... Uh, appropriation of mm-hmm. black culture, but in a very kind of horrific way. Yeah. That is, even though we're watching it in this movie, because, you know, I, I know you talked about the movie before, but just as a like quick refresher to those who don't remember, basically the, the theme of this movie is um, uh, a uh, black man 
is dating a white girl, goes home to meet her white family for the first time, um, and basically proceeds to live the nightmare of white of actual white appropriation in the sense that they are collecting black people and transferring their consciousness into the bodies of these black people because they quote unquote love their and have such a respect for their the, culture, their culture. That they're going to become that them they want to be them and erase them from existence. Exactly. They want to, they feel, you know, they acknowledge, Oh yes, they're better at sports and they're better at, you know, all of these things that are, they got tone bodies. Yeah. That are all of these, you know, really kind of racist stereotypes, but it's done out of a weird way of being like, no, 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 I'm doing this because I respect you. Right. You know what I mean? It's not that I disrespect you. It's that I respect you so yeah. much I feel as a white man that I get to be right. you. Well, and then I mean, let me you know clear up some irony here. We know how ironic it is that there's you know two fat white guys talking about how this movie is so relevant sure. to black culture. But what I want to add is that one of the reasons that I love this movie so much was that I like to think of myself as a forward-thinking person. I like to think that I, you know, for the most part, have my shit together sure. and treat people with respect and inequality. But watching that movie was also kind of eye-opening for me as like, shit, I'm not there yet. Right. I need to still care about this as much as I say that I do. And that's why I think it's important. It opened my eyes. It opened my eyes to things that, you know— I don't know that I hadn't seen or thought no. about before in regards to my own behavior that I was like, wow, holy shit. Like, well, do I come off that way? When, wow. When I say yeah. That? Like, fuck. Or man, I hope I've never been that guy at a party. Right. It was really intense. So on that level, I feel like it's a very important movie. Um, second off, just like I said, Patty Jenkins mm -hmm. uh, needed support as a female director. I feel like a black director mm -hmm. kind of needs this this same sort yeah. of support we need to show that like hey it doesn't the directing chair doesn't need to be held by rich white dudes forever you know the what good I mean? old boys club get voices from all over the place you yeah. know what i'm saying um but outside from that i just fucking love jordan yeah. peele and it's a great movie i've been a big fan of his for a long time i think his humor is very mm -hmm. intelligent and relevant um it's both kind of satirical but also like um just slapsticky yeah. and and funny um but i just couldn't get enough of this movie when i saw it i was like fuck i didn't see the twists coming the way that they came um it it just engaged me and i had so much to fucking talk about yeah. when this movie was over i literally had hour long plus discussions with my friends each time I watch this. Um, so, it yeah, securely, securely yeah. at number two. I feel like it's an important movie and definitely one of the oh, best, the second that. best of 2017. So, that brings one. me to my number one. And uh, very, very good movie as well. Okay. My number one, some may say. And my number one is... Blade Runner. Yes. 49. Yes, yes, yes. So we yes. shared two and one. 
We got a Jinxies on Blade Runner 2049. That means I get to watch it again. Just like we had a Jinxies on Blade Runner. Yeah. We have one. Did we put out that episode? No, we haven't yet. So we we have it on deck. We should do a double feature of Blade Runner and Blade Runner 2049. And then talk about both of them. That would be amazing. And let's do it. also like seven hours of viewing. Doesn't matter. (laughs) Doesn't matter. I'm into it. That's a Saturday for me. I'm into it. Let's do this. So let us know. If you want individual episodes, tweet at us. But if you want a stacked and packed double feature Jinxies, let us know. Because I we'll think do it. I think we'll do it. We Don't tempt us. We'll do it. Oh man. Um, okay. So what? What did I didn't say? Okay. Once again, I saw this movie. I think three times yeah. in the theater because hey, I am very. Let's talk about something that did happen to this movie that was disappointing. People didn't go see this movie, which is a shame because. Um, and it would it flabbergasted me, and we had this conversation like at right after opening weekend because I saw it opening weekend right. when it came out, and the reports started coming in, and they're like Blade Runner is not hitting its projected numbers at all. People just aren't going to see it, but its critical response was just off the charts. Yeah, people were like, "This movie's amazing. It's perfect. You know, it's blah blah blah," but people weren't going to see it. And that's why, and I've mentioned, and this is kind of a through line through some of my picks, I've mentioned supporting, when Hollywood does good, you have to support it with your dollars. Yes. If you want it to continue to happen, you have to support it. Because if you don't, we're just going to get a whole bunch of disaster movies or Michael Bay movies or Geostorms. I don't want that shit. Yeah. I want good quality filmmaking, and I feel like Dillis, Dennis Villeneuve deserves yeah. that money. He He's, deserves to say, hey, you know what? We're going to tell you and show the studio how much we appreciate right. the work that you put into this. Well, and he's kind of that perfect mix of great in my opinion, commercial director. Like, his movies are enjoyable as shit. Absolutely. But he's an auteur as well. Like, he's making the movie that he wants to make in the style that he sees it. Absolutely. And it just happens to be that his style is amazing. Sure. And so, I cannot express it enough how bummed I was when the report started pouring in that the movie didn't make money. I mean, it made money. But yeah, sure. it didn't. it didn't do anywhere near what the studio was hoping for. And that really kind of put a damper... On me for like, well, fuck, does that mean studios aren't going to be willing to kind of give this stuff a shot anymore? You know what I mean? Like, are they going to go, well, I guess we should have gotten Ridley Scott back. You know what I mean? Like, I I hate that that could potentially be a reflection on somebody who so clearly cared about the movie that they were making and really put out what is the best movie of 2017 for me. Um, So that needed to be said that you didn't say. Um, fucking go to your local movie theater, pay to see your yeah. movies, buy it on iTunes. That's what I did. Fucking give them it's your money. Worth twenty dollars. It's worth. It's totally worth it. Yeah. Um. So do that. So that being said, I will reiterate what you said that I said to you. What you said that I said <laughs> to you that I said. Um. Which is this movie elevated. Blade Runner to me. Now, Blade Runner was already one of my favorite sci-fi movies. Oh, well, we shared it. It was both made. of our favorite sci-fi movies exactly. ever made. Exactly. So to take something that was already my favorite <clears throat> and to add to it and in no way detract from it right. blows my mind. Well, and that was one of the things that and and I'm not 
I'll pause right here and say that I am not about to rehash a Star Wars argument. Sure. But for all of the commenters and people who saw it, I will agree that The Force Awakens is almost a carbon copy of A New Hope. Sure. In a lot of elements. I still loved it because I appreciate what J.J. Abrams was trying to do. Does it have his faults? Sure. And I loved that film. What I appreciate more about Blade Runner is that it in no way tried to do that. It said, what world did Harrison Ford and Rutger Hauer inhabit in the 80s? What would 30 more years of this world look like? And how can I tell a new story? Sure. And he he achieved that in spades. And that's what I'm saying, that it's almost an impossible yeah. task. It's exactly, in my mind, what a sequel should do. Oh, sure. Like, it, it's T2-level good. Like, it, it takes what was great about the first one, and it it loves what it loves it keeps what it needs and it enhances everything else absolutely and it and it blows my mind yeah it really 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 blew my mind man and how just how beautiful were the shots like just him walking through las vegas it's almost all orange but it's good i'll tell you the nightclub fight oh like yeah the jittery holograms oh, yeah was one of my favorite scenes in any movie this whole year. Well, let me throw something out, too, that, you know, of course we can talk about the big set pieces and the overall design, but let me talk about the intricate detail that mm. went into this movie. There's something that I noticed that I've had a conversation with a couple different people, and I've thrown this out, and they're like, wow, I didn't even think about that, but you're right. The level of thought that went into every single piece of this mm-hmm. movie, when, uh, when Kay goes to... Um, the uh the Wallace? N- uh no, the fir- the first the he's going to collect uh um, oh, oh David Bautista? Yes. Yeah. Um and he marks and sees that there's that box that's buried underground. Right. And reports it. And they say, Okay, well we'll send the, the Dig team. Uh-huh. When they show that again Perfect square. It's a perfect square. Yeah. Right? I noticed that. Um perfectly cored down to where the box was. Now, that's something that doesn't matter to most people. Right. It wouldn't matter. You don't have to put that level of detail into things. But they thought, how would this be extracted in our world? Right. And you would not a bunch of dudes with shovels. Precision machinery. You would have robots that would go and maybe laser drill or laser cut down through. And then you would extract exactly the space that you need and no more, no less. Right. And... That kind of level of detail fucking blew my yeah. mind. I was just like, he's literally thought about every yeah. fucking thing that goes well, into this. And movie. can I also add a compliment that I didn't say before? Sure. Robin Wright is awesome. She is awesome. Robin Wright watching this movie was like, yeah, we don't need Kevin Spacey for totally. House of Cards. Totally. I will watch her show. Yep. She was great in Wonder Woman. Yep. She's had a hell of a year. She has had a hell of a year. 100%. Way to go, Robin, Robin Wright. Wright. You are a badass, and I love you. MVP. Of 2017. I, I'm fine with it. I am too. Man, she should have been Holdo in The Last Jedi. That would have been amazing. She'd have been a great I'd totally she, fine with I that. I mean, I love Laura Dern. I praised sure. her in our last episode. But I'd be fine with sure. uh, I don't You know what we need to Robin get for Knight. the writer's room? A Laura Fern. <laughs> oh, can we? Yeah. Can that be my Christmas, my New Year's present to yes, myself? Is it a can. Laura Fern? Yeah, for the writer's room. I'm going to put a picture of Laura Dern on it. Yep. Okay, Laura we'll, and we'll share it on I uh, on Perfect. Instagram. Maybe that'll be our new B. Arthur. Ah, our oh, Laura Fern. I like it. Um, but yeah, it it just was one of the best fucking movies I've ever it's seen. Beautiful. B- forget 2017. 
it is one of my favorite movies ever. Yeah. It might be in my top ten ever right now. Yeah. So uh, I'm super excited yeah. to watch it. I'm super excited to do an episode Jinxies on it. Um, so all in all, pretty good. Pretty good year for movies. Pretty good year. So Not a great year for everything else, but pretty good year for movies. Let me uh, run through my top five again. Right. So we've got, at number five, we've got It. At number four, we've got Lego Batman. At number three, we've got Logan. Number two is Get Out. And number one is Blade Runner 2049. I love it. Now, what I would like to ask you and suggest sure. is because this is end of the year, because we couldn't talk about everything we wanted to talk about, yeah. I'm going to put out individual top 10 lists on our Letterboxd account. Yeah. So a Q's top 10 of 2017 sure. and a J's. I'll so if it. you could send that to me, all 10, I know you're five. Yeah, you got if it. If you could send me all 10, I'll have those go live when the episode goes live. That's cool. I can do it. Be awesome. No now, problem. the other side of the coin is that we want you to tell us what your favorite movies of this year were. Absolutely. We already have a couple people that have done it online and they had great choices. I want to know the rest of you's top fives for 2017. So you guys better get those into us on the social networks. You guys better do it. So yeah, I mean, this has been a banner year for entertainment. This has been yep. a banner year for high five. Oh yeah. We crushed season two, man. Man, we crushed it. I'm so looking forward to season three. Are you? Oh yeah. What can, can we just skip season three and go straight into season five? You know what? Next next week we're starting season five. Season five coming at coming ya. at you. High five. Season five. Oh yeah. 2018. Suck it, 2017. Suck it. We have reached the end of another High Five, the podcast episode. It's time to lock up the writer's room and rest comfortably, knowing we knocked out another great list of things you should be watching. If the guys didn't mention your favorites this week in their lists, you can harass them by emailing them at myfive at highfivethepodcast.com. That's M-Y-F-I-V-E at H-I-G-H-F-I-V-E. T H E P O D C A S T dot com. Got that? Or connecting with them on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash high five the podcast. On Twitter at high the number five the podcast. Instagram at high five the podcast. Or on Letterboxd by searching high five colon the podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever else you listen to podcasts and drop the show a five-star rating to show us some love. What's the worst that could happen? Getting recast in your own life? Maybe. See you next week. Okay, that's a print. Okay, cut. That's a wrap. That's a wrap, people. Now let's get the hell out of here.